Welcome to the podcast. This is the Dance PT podcast, hosted by moi, Jenna Cantor, performer, hachikapow, and physical therapist. In our interviews, we will dive into all the things that can regularly help you. That's right. As a dance physical therapist with your patients. That's right. Please note that the purpose of this podcast is entertainment and is not here to replace any medical advice. That being said, we are all here to support each other, which leaves me at the most important message I want to leave you with. You are enough and never change yourself for anyone. That's right. You heard me. Be you, and that will enable you to help others the best way possible. Let's end with more scatting. That's right. Jenna out. <laughs> There's always that lag at the top of the I know. I'm like, it's, it's, it's live. It's live. It's so great. Hello, everyone. I just finished my workout, and Danielle, Dr. Danielle Basilek, just finished her work. Workout and work. Yes. I love that. Um, well, oh, oh, thank you for agreeing to come on and talk about this. Thanks for theme. having me. I freaking love it. Uh, if you are new to this podcast, yes, I swear. Yes, I'm weird. Yes, this is the atypical. And we're not going to do the and yes. And then the gluteus. I mean, we might talk about muscles and stuff as we go and things. But I'm very much about us being human because this is professional. Talking with professionals, a.k.a. Be your damn self, man. I just can't. I just can't. Anyway, uh, if we are going to be giving a talk and being honest with ourselves, along the way as we're talking about this medical stuff and our own journeys i feel like we gain more trust and more comfort amongst each other so when we are struggling we can better be there for each other because we feel more comfortable to be ourselves wow this is what caffeine does (laughs) all right so (laughs) we're talking about we're talking about how to be a good student pt student for your clinical instructor. So first, would you mind sharing, Danielle, about your experience as a CI? Like how long you've done it, how many students you've had? So people just have an idea. Uh, Well, I guess now I've been a CI for about a year. Um, I've had two students that are mine, but I've also helped out with several students under other PTs that have worked in our clinic. And I have a student right now on her first uh, 10 week clinical, finishing up next week Woo! very exciting i love exciting. it i love it uh um cheering her on that's that's very exciting okay great so what i'd like about you coming on is when we think of ci's we um as students i don't know about you but i always assumed it was somebody who had been working for a longer period of time that's yeah. what i was paired with so you're going to get a range of clinical instructors on experience working with students as well as experience as a physical therapist so um, just know as a student, you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. Right. Regardless of who that person is, they are grading you. I mean, which we're well aware of, but they're grading you. They're grading you. They're grading you. Okay. So that being said, um, when you first became a CI, did you know everything? Did you suddenly feel like, oh, yes. 
the Lord has given us all wisdom on how to do this. Uh, definitely not. It's been a learning process for sure. Um, still growing, still learning right yeah. now. So, things well, yeah. What was some things that you learned right off the bat from the CI perspective that you that you were like, "Ooh, this is where I need to have more of a system to help out the students." Um, well, first of all, learning kind of where the student was in the curriculum to begin with. Both so the students that I've had were in different places. One it was second full time clinical. Um, the one right now is first full time clinical, um, and kind of right off the bat, learning what kind of learning style that they have, um, what was going to work best with each one. Yeah. And with that being said, how, what is the best way that you found for you to, I mean, it's different per CI, uh, uh, for a student to um, kindly and respectfully communicate where they are at? Um, well, I know with my students, we kind of filled out forms ahead of time. I had them fill out a sheet just giving a little bit more information about themselves, what kind of learning style um, that they preferred. Um, the schools were open with where they were in the curriculum as well. Yeah, uh, I love that. I mean, that sounds the most ideal, but you and I know as much as that's a yeah. learning point, once we're hands-on, that's when we really actually see. Because I would like to think that, you know, I come across like a, you know, Victoria's Secret model, but I might look a little different on paper to some people, yeah. you know, whatever, fine. But exactly. I, <laughs> but you get what I mean. You get what I mean. So for that, like um, when there's still that discrepancy and, and that feeling each other out, what's a good way um, that, that you've seen and that works for you for the student to communicate? Um, well, I tell my students right off the bat, uh, open communication is the best way. Um, asking them what they're comfortable doing, what they're not comfortable doing. Um, that way we can see kind of what they feel their strength and, strengths and weaknesses are. And I kind of have them be, kind of think about it and be able to kind of self-assess and identify um, what those challenges might be for them. And we kind of chat together on how to best move forward and address them. Yeah. Has there ever been a time where it was discussed, but then there still ended up being discrepancy later um, uh, uh, discovered? And I'm not saying that to like blame anyone, but uh, and would you mind giving an example of that where it was like a, oh, you know, kind of thing? Um, I think. I'm sure there's always things that come along. It's hard to pinpoint a specific situation in my head right now um, okay. when that could have occurred. Here, I can give you um, um, some, like the, the story of a student coming in and they, um, they're they sitting for a long time and are bored out of their mind. They want to start treating as soon as possible. And, um, uh, uh, and you know, bringing them in more, them speaking up if they're feeling antsy and to get to do more. That, that's a good example. Okay. Um, yeah, so for example, the student that I have right now at the beginning of the clinical, it was first clinical, so she was kind of unsure of like what it entailed of. Um, so kind of first day I had her in the background at one point, she's like, oh, um, like what kind of do you expect of me now? So kind of bringing her in a little bit more, um, getting the other PTs involved as well, kind of helping her um, acclimate to the area and just become more comfortable kind of talking to the patients, getting to know their stories um, right off the bat, and then kind of kind of talked to her about gradually um, getting hands-on. Yeah. Uh, because it's not only like um, we're trusting the patient, the students to work with our patients, so we want to be comfortable with their skills too. Um, so I know I personally set 
some time aside in our schedule, like the first two weeks that we could review things. So I kind of knew where she was at that time. Um, and if there was something she was uncertain of before I had her work with the patient on that, I would kind of review with her, uh, making sure she was comfortable doing that as well. Absolutely. For those who are listening right now, if you have any specific questions, please write them in the comments below. If you're on live, also write live. Okay. So I actually want to harp on this a little bit longer just because I know this has become a problem spot for several students of mine where right off the bat, they just don't feel heard um, and, and to, to communicate it and that it's not working out. How does the student come uh, how how would you recommend a student bring up um the same issue again um that's respectful and not frustrating you know not be nobody wants to feel beaten down in any way right yeah definitely and i think um the student should speak up if they're kind of in the same situation not being heard um just addressing the ci and being like um i'm feeling this way i think being open is the best way to go about it first um, obviously, there's people out there that aren't going to hear it right away, um, but just trying to go about it um, in the most respectful way. There's situations where I know I've heard um, he talked about several students have just not had good experiences and the CI is not listening. Um, the best thing that you can do is just be as open with them as possible at first. And then sometimes um, if things aren't going the way that you need to, kind of reaching out to that clinical coordinator. Your headphone that came down is picking up ah. and when it's moving. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry. No, no, that's no, you're saying you hear everything um what that you were saying, but then we're just getting the extra clicking because that's where the mic was. That makes sense uh, when you brought it up. I'm like, ah. sorry about that. No, 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 that was that was helpful though. Um I mean we know it's not always so smooth. Sometimes that it, yeah. you know, it can be difficult, but it's good to just talk about it. Um Say a student is in a situation with a clinical instructor and it's just not working. It's not working it, right off the bat. It's very clear. It's, it's, you could call it butting heads. You could say that yeah. the guy is a jerk, you know, and it's just, and you know, not, not being movable in one way, you know, in some way. Uh, how, what do you recommend a student do in that situation so they can, thrive as much as possible in that where they're not going to get their needs met yeah i would say probably the first step would be to kind of be in communication with the clinical coordinators with the school um, first of all just kind of letting them know the situation because them as well as yourself want to be in a situation where you're going to thrive you're going to learn um, if you know right off the bat that it's not a good situation trying as best as you can seeing if there's other ways around it maybe to get put with a different um, CI or a different site if that's even possible which in some situations it's definitely not um, but if you have to kind of stay in the situation trying to be as open to that CI taking their feedback and just learning overall from the experience um, even though it's a bad situation, it's going to teach you how to handle those like adverse um, situations. Oh yeah, there are assholes wherever you go for sure, a hundred percent. That's a very good point. I love that. So then you're better able to handle it no matter where you're at. That's yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, um, uh, I I want to speak on that 
Uh, I did something very different. I don't know if I to- talked to you about, I mean, I've talked to you about a lot of things. This is Danielle. <laughs> Danielle, I go way back. But um, when I had my clinical where I was treated so poorly, um, terrible, uh, and uh, I, I was in a business course. And in that business course, I ended up getting a huge um, support system of people that are ranged from professionals yeah. for so many years to even like students. So I had that support group of people to um, be available and I, who had like even more experience than my CI, you know, uh, to, to help comfort me and keep going along the way. Yeah. I also recommend like looking at expanding your network of physical therapists and people that you, you appreciate and respect to have those supportive words as people still cheering you on when it feels, feels low, when you're not getting, getting that yeah. thing back. Um, what is a common, a, a very general common mistakes that you see students make when you can tell they're good intention, but it's like, you, actually, this is the better way to go. Um, let's see. Sickness. Well, one... Sickness. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Um, if you are feeling sick, stay home. <laughs> uh, we'll <laughs> leave it at that. I got stuck in a very interesting situation with that. Um, number one priority as PTs is keeping our patients safe, helping them get better. Coming into work sick and getting everyone else sick is not a good idea. Um, so if you're not feeling well, just communicate as soon as you can with the CI and to say, hey, I'm not feeling good. I don't think I should be coming in. And in most cases, they will appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than having all your patients cancel and get sick. And yep, yep. What else? What especially else? Uh, with everything going on. Um, yes. A lot of times, um, the confidence when you're first starting, you've been in school. I know like a lot of students are just starting, getting their hands fresh, but most of the time, you know, have a good concept of what you're doing, go in more confident. Um, a lot of times I've seen my students go in first and they're just like, oh, I don't know. Like, this is my first time. They'll tell patients that it's like, just go in confident. Um, that way the patient trusts you and they have confidence in you as well. If yeah. Something's like, yeah, if you, something's, yeah. yeah. Like communicating it quietly with you. You know, that yeah. you're feeling confident, but then go and work them and then come yeah. back to you. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I tell my students, if I wasn't confident in you being able to do this, I wouldn't have allowed you or, like, sent you to do this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's a, that's a great point. Um, almost like that fake it so you make it for the patient, but you can still yeah. have that honesty yeah. in your CI. That's cool. I like that. Anything else that pops in your head as, like, other common... Um, things that students do where they're good intention, but it's it's actually um, hold them back a little bit. Um, those are like the two main things that I've seen in terms of that recently it would be the confidence and um, that sometimes um, being ambitious with patients, like good intention of, okay, let's progress this patient. Um, sometimes they're not ready, just adapting the program. They're very excited to try like a new exercise um, and maybe the patient wasn't quite ready for it yet. So kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling bad in that excitement. You're like, Oh, but then I'm not being creative for you, but they're just not. The, uh, yeah. I totally get that. I totally like you get so excited. You're like, Oh, I learned this. I want to like throw this in. They're just mm-hmm. not quite ready for it. 
Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, oh, goodness. Was there any time um, it, it when during the midterms? Ooh, ooh, this is so interesting from the CI's perspective, because you also get, you know, feedback as well. Um, was there any time in the in the midterms or even the finals where you got feedback that you were like, oh, it, you could have actually communicated and, and um, that could have been stated even, you know, for you to have been more of service, that that was just said? Um, I haven't come across that yet. I've only... Like I said, I've only had two students right now. I've been had very open communication with them. We were filling out either weekly or biweekly goal sheets where we would kind of comment on, okay, like I think you should work on this. Um, they comment on myself as well, kind of, hey, like maybe we should work on this next week or I'd like to kind of try this, um, learn more about this. So nothing really came of a surprise. Yeah. Um, just have to feel, just had to, to fill out one a few weeks ago. So, um, but we kind of just oh. ahead of time, like, okay, this is where you're at caseload wise. Um, so this is kind of where we're at right now. So there were no surprises. Yeah. That's why yeah. I think like the open communication back and forth between a CI and a student is very important throughout yeah. the process. And sometimes it doesn't match up, you know, but you yeah. know, the best you can, you do the best you can in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was great. Any last pieces? I always love these to be short interviews. Any last piece of, of advice that you have, like final words of wisdom with that to just help out students with just, you know, putting their best foot forward when going into a clinical? Um, just go in with open communication with your CI, the staff around. Um, the most important thing that you show, um, skills can be learned. Um, create those connections with the patient. Empathy is something I definitely look for in my students, uh, making sure they can make those relationships with the patients and build a rapport with them, um, as well as um, just kind of build that trust with your CI. I think trust is definitely another big thing. Um, being open, being honest with them. If you're struggling with something, let them know so you can work on it. If you're not comfortable with something, same thing. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Thank you so yes. much for coming on and talking about this. Where can people find you on social media? Um, my Facebook is Danielle Bazelak, and then I have an Instagram, which let me double check that. I have, I have like, to, um, let's see. I just got sent. Like, I know it's D Bazelak Dance PT on Instagram. Love it. D. Basilag Dance PT. Wonderful. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to come on to give these quick words of wisdom. Everyone, hope you have a great evening. If you were loving this, write Danielle down below. If you have any further questions, just also write in the comments and she can get back to you to help you out. Take care.